in the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, you're worried about inflation, right? Don't worry, we're going to be okay. Joe Biden just spoke about it, and uh, not only did he just speak about it, he did it in front of remarkable sign, posters, signage. And you know what those signs says? It says, lowering costs, tackling inflation. Hey, all right, they actually got it in a big sign right behind him, and it repeats it like 100 times. Lowering costs, tackling inflation, lowering costs, tackling inflation, tackling inflation, lowering costs, right? They do that all the time. This White House does. Democrat White House, they tend to do that. Um, you know, if we make posters, it's gonna, it's really gonna fix it. What do they do? He blamed Republicans, um, blamed Putin, uh, is kind of overlooking the, uh, the trillions of dollars they're pumping into the economy artificially, trying to pretend that the economy was, was booming when it wasn't. This is all, this is all man-made stuff. All Joe Biden man-made stuff. And, uh, he can't come to terms with that. He keeps blaming Republicans. And not only that, he doesn't really call out Republicans anymore. He's always like the MAGA group, the MAGA group. Oh, he hates MAGA. Make American, make America great again. The extremists, so extremist. Remember, this was the guy who said, my whole heart is in this. My whole soul is in this. Bringing this country together, uniting this country. What if we could just look at each other? Wasn't that what Joe said? And turn down the temperature. If we could just look into each other's eyes and see the commonality. No. What do we have? We have a... A career politician doing what career politicians do, uh, lying, slamming the other side, and feathering their nest. It's kind of it's almost funny. He's a caricature, caricature of a of a broken down, corrupt politician. We can all see it. And somebody said to his face, um, actually, just a little while ago, they repeated the criticism of Senator Rick Scott. Hey, Rick Scott's not fooling around. Now, you know what? I kind of don't like, I I like it and I don't like it, but Twitter. Somebody just said this, somebody just said this on Twitter. It just makes it sound less serious, right? I mean, anybody can tweet anything. And um, although I do like what Rick Scott said, he said that Joe Biden is in effect, he's, uh, what are they, let me find it for sure. Um, He totally misidentified inflation its origin he actually said that i created inflation joe biden i created this inflation yeah you're right about that joe um but he didn't mean to say that of course um what else is going on it is absolutely beautiful out i love it oh he said uh let's see here no that's not it uh democrat from florida rick scott keep an eye on him this guy is rich and he wants to be president he said joe biden is so incapacitated and incoherent he can't even keep his state straight. That's true. He actually said that Rick Scott was from Wisconsin. He's from Florida. Uh, what else did he say here? Uh, uh, he's unwell. Joe Biden is unwell. He's unfit for office. He's incoherent, incapacitated, and confused. If Biden wants to actually fix the inflation crisis he created, he should resign. Wow. That's, uh, that's quite a statement. Rick Scott. You know what they're all doing, though. They're kind of copying Trump. <laughs> Rick Scott wouldn't have said something like that uh, uh, before politics were turned on their head by Donald Trump. Of course not. But he did show us, quite frankly, the art of the possible. And why not? Why not? It's actually true. 
If Joe Biden left, that would be a, I know, we'd have to worry about Kamala, right? And that wouldn't be a problem. Um, well, just remember, uh, when the Democrats protest, when they get mad, it's always peaceful. It's always good because their concerns are more valid than your concerns, right? Especially over this Roe v. Wade stuff. Yeah, they can go out and break the law and picket in front of Justice Roberts' house, Justice Kavanaugh's house. It's against the law, by the way. You can look it up like I did last night. I showed everybody. It's against uh, the federal law. You can go to jail for it for a year. It's considered intimidation of a federal official. But I noticed the the protests continued. They did it on Sunday night. They were at Roberts' house. And then uh, last night they were at Alito's house. They're going to all the justices' house, all the justices they don't like. And they can parade, picket, yell, scream right there in the middle of the street, even though it's against the law. I was surprised about this, by the way. I think, you know, in America, if you want to go to some public official's house and yell and scream your head off, I think we're allowed to do that. Except, however, when it's a judge. Yeah, you can't do that. Well, you know, I just noticed that they're not enforcing this, but they threw this in the book at every January 6th guy, right? Every single January 6th guy. Remember, though, if you protest on the left, not only will they will they look the other way, they'll they'll spin and explain and justify it with a great big assist from the fake news. Who remembers this summer of 2020? Black Lives Matter. Minneapolis is exploding. And so is the rest of the country. And the fake news is going to tell it. Tell it like it is. Right. Isn't that what Walter Cronkite said? He's going to tell it like it is. Uh, now we have to we don't have Walter Cronkite anymore, who, by the way, was no prince. Believe me. Uh, we have, what's this guy's name again? Ali Velshi. Ali Velshi. Um, cut 42. I want to be clear in how I characterize this. This is a, mostly a protest. Uh, it is not, uh, it is not generally speaking unruly. Not generally speaking unruly. There's a riot and an explosion right behind him. But you can't be seen as being negative toward those kinds of things, Right especially when it comes from communities that, what do they like to say, that don't look like you, that don't look like you, a person who does not look like you. I remember not too long ago where nobody looked like anybody. We were all individuals. Now, no, everybody who's black looks like each other. Everybody who's white looks like each other, right? Wrong. That used to be borderline racist talk. The only guy that I look like, I've been told, well, there are a couple of people. I once was told that I look a little bit like William Shatner. I thought found that very flattering. There's some guy named Jeff who was in the show Dynasty in the 80s. They said I look like him. And uh, other than that, nobody comes to mind. Uh, I do look a lot like my cousin Nancy. And for a long time, I had a problem with that. What do you mean I look like a girl? But it's true. We do resemble each other. Uh, but no, that's uh, that's now how we do it. Hey, there's, those, these protests, are uh, they're not violent, but they are kind of ugly. And they're against the law. Cut 43. whatever they want shut up (laughs) no we don't want that but uh uh what they're doing is against the law and especially when they tried it on the churches cut 45 please 45 please women can't be free abortion on demand 
Oh, this is when they're in the church. And they're getting kicked out, but they're refusing to leave. And the heroines on the left, they love this. Kamala, Gloria, Mika, Gillibrand, and the rest. They listen to their, listen, listen to their heartbreak for women and girls. Hey, when do we start saying women and girls, by the way? I just don't like that. I, there's something about it I don't like. Women and girls. Do they say men and boys ever? They used to say boys to men. Isn't that a group? But I never hear men and boys. Women and girls. You just get a couple of extra woke points when you talk about women and girls. Cut 47. How dare they tell a woman what she can do and cannot do with her own body? The very lives and the health and the safety of women and girls are at risk if they do. This is setting women back in so many different ways with so many different consequences. It's about whether women in America have a right to make these decisions. It's about keeping people in their place. And that means keeping women and girls in their place. Women and That's girls. what this is really about. You know this isn't about caring for women and girls. Women it's and girls. controlling them. This yes. is going to fall on the most vulnerable women in our country. This is going to fall on poor women. It's going to fall on women of color. It's going to fall on young girls. That was Elizabeth Warren, I believe, at the end. Oh, boy. And there's nothing that a that a white liberal woman loves to do more than speak up for poor women of color. Oh, the virtue, the virtue is the virtue signaling of that. The 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 dopamine. Oh, that feels good. Oh, that feels good to speak up for women and girls. I am a wealthy white woman and I am talking about poor black women and girls. Isn't that amazing? Oh, it feels so amazing, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, cool. Well, while you're crying about women and girls theoretically possibly having to take a bus to get an abortion instead of going downstairs to get it or across the street. Um, and oh, by the way, I guess they're, they're, are the liberals really going to live up to it? Apple, uh, who else said that they're going to pay for they're going to pay for their employees to get abortions in other states. I mean, there's going to be so much money thrown at this. Oh, boy, talk about that virtue. But do me a favor. Don't think about the women who really have a lot to be scared of, who are really in trouble. And I am talking about the women, yes, and girls in Afghanistan, who just this past weekend, the Taliban mandated that all of them will wear burqas wherever they go. What's a burqa? Picture a great big hefty garbage bag, but made out of wool. Put it over your body and cut a little slit out at the eyes. That's a burqa. And you will wear one wherever you go uh, or face penalties. That's the law of Afghanistan. And why is that the law of Afghanistan? Well, because we're not in charge anymore. Neither is that provisional or whatever that was, that uh, Afghan government that we had propped up that was actually holding its own with a little bit of backup from us. No, we pulled the rug out from under them. Joe Biden, that's on you. You created a vacuum for this to happen. Cut 48. 
In Afghanistan, in another sign of a return to hardline policies, the Taliban have ordered women to cover their faces when in public and have said that those not following the direction will be punished. The Taliban has ordered that any woman going out in public will have to wear a burqa. This new rule is one of the most severe restrictions on women since the Taliban regained control last August. The decree also says women should only leave their homes when necessary. If they are caught breaking any of the rules in public, their male guardians or relatives can be taken to court and face up to three days of jail time. Hey, wow. Why, why, why aren't we talking about those women and girls? That is barbaric. And by the way, that's the least of their problems, what they have to wear, what they have to go through, what the penalty is for looking at another guy. They'll stone you to death. Yeah. But we got 75 ways to not have a baby in America. But no, abort, it must be abortion. Must We must have abortion on demand from conception to nine months. And then even they want to have a conversation. It's disgusting. And their willful ignorance and defense of Joe Biden. Ignorance about what's really happening in the world. And what in the hell do they owe this decrepit fool? I really want to know the answer to that. Give me a moment. I'll figure it out. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right. I want to wrap this up. Tonight on the fake news, you will see Joe Biden speaking about inflation. Uh, They will not show you this portion of his talk where he, uh, well, was not making sense. It was gibberish mixed in with um, with a, I guess, an admission. Go ahead. I wonder whether that's the reason my prices are up. Do you take any responsibility for the inflation in this country? Do you take any responsibility for your policies? I think our policies help, not hurt. Think about what they say. The vast majority of the of the uh, uh, of the economists think that this is going to be a real tough problem to solve, but it's not because of spending. Uh, that's it. That's the wrong one. Keep it. Give me another one, please, if you don't mind. You called out Rick Scott a little while ago in your remarks. Earlier today, anticipating your remarks, he said, and I'm just quoting here, that uh, the best thing, most effective thing Joe Biden can do to solve the inflation crisis he created is resign. He's the problem. The senator added later, the senator added later, Joe Biden is unwell, he's unfit for office, he's incoherent, incapacitated, and confused. These are his words. Offering you a chance to respond. I think the man has a problem. Well, at least he knows what state he's from. Florida, he said Wisconsin. He also said he created inflation. Major issues there. And it's just Joe being Joe, right? Joe can lie to, well, every single one of us about the laptop. Every single one of us. That's Russia disinformation. It's been totally debunked. He and his friend Rudy Giuliani. Hey, that's another reason why he could not go to Ukraine, because he can't say words like uh, kleptocracy, right? Pretty easy, straightforward word, but uh, he has a big problem with it. Cut 62. I'm also sending to Congress a comprehensive package of, uh, that will enhance our underlying effort to accommodate the Russian oligarchs uh, and make sure we take their, take their, their ill-begotten gains. <laughs> We're going to accommodate them. We're going to seize their yachts, their luxury homes, and other ill-begotten gains of Putin's kleptocracy. 
It's amazing. And they're trying to portray him as some sort of war hawk. He is the opposite, folks, the absolute opposite. And that's what they'll do. They'll, they'll come after you on your strength. They'll take the thing you got going for it and trying to use it against you as a weapon. And they're lies. They have no limits here. Uh, cut 55. Mark Esper and chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mark Milley, ran the Army for over a year before finding themselves in charge at the Pentagon. In order to deal with what he calls some of the crazy ideas coming from the White House, Esper and Milley came up with a system. I come up with this idea, actually Mark Milley and I discuss it, what we call the four no's. The four things we had to prevent from happening between then and the election. And one was no strategic retreats, no unnecessary wars, no politicization of the military, and no misuse of the military. And so as we went through the next five to six months, that became the metric by which we would measure things. Wow. How do we figure out new and creative ways to say no to the elected leader of this country, huh? The swamp. How about that? Be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I just heard a uh, commercial for the Mob Museum in Las Vegas. Frank Morano went there twice. He says it's the best decision he's ever made. The best decision he's ever made is to go to a museum twice. And he couldn't get it done in just one visit. He had to go back. Uh, all right. Uh, if you really are into the mob, a couple of things I would recommend. Uh, just go go to Spark Steakhouse. What? Look at where Paul Castellano got shot right in front of the joint. I mean, it's right there. It's right there. Look up the picture on your phone. You can see it. And Paul's new shoes. And Or if you want... Go to your computer, Google my name, Greg Kelly and Godfather. Greg Kelly, Godfather. I did about maybe six or seven stories about where the Godfather was filmed. It's all the mafia crap you need, quite frankly. And I love doing those stories. What did I do? I found out where, um, you know, the, the scene in the uh, restaurant where uh, Michael kills McCluskey, Captain McCluskey, the corrupt cop, and uh, Salazzo. That's a fabric store in the Bronx. Uh, I went and I found the guy and I had a great time. And we, we, I even went into the bathroom where the gun was hidden. Uh, what else did I do? I found the boardroom where they made the piece. The five families all came together. That's actually in the Helmsley building on Park Avenue. What else did I see? Uh, I found, uh, oh, the hospital where Michael went to protect his father. Remember that? The Godfather, they were coming to kill him. They already shot him, and then they were coming back to finish the job. That was the New York Eye, Ear Infirmary on 2nd Avenue and 14th Street. That was really cool. Oh, and and, and most of all, I went to the Corleone family compound. You know, remember, it's like a fortress. It's got walls around it, you know, and uh, where the big wedding was in the very opening of The Godfather. Well, that house exists. It's on Longfellow Avenue in Staten Island. I went there at the time. The Norton family lived in the house in in the early 70s. And when I went there about, what, I don't know, 10 years ago, and I found this house, and I did a – they let me inside, and they gave interviews, and they showed me all these cool pictures they had and artifacts. They had pieces of the wall, styrofoam wall, by the way. And what else? Oh, I got to um, look at cue cards. You know, Marlon Brando would not memorize his lines he just, I, I don't know if it was like early in his career, he did, and then later he got lazy, but they had cue cards. And that scene where he's in the backyard with Michael, 
I didn't want this for you. I wanted something better. You know, Senator Corleone, Governor Corleone. It's all in the cue card, and I read from it, and uh, you can see it in the piece. Again, Greg Kelly, Godfather House, uh, Godfather, whatever. It all pops up. Oh, one other thing I did. I went with Carlo. Remember Carlo? Hello, Carlo. Uh, Carlo and I, whose real name is Gianni Russo, we walked around um, that street way uptown where Sonny, Jimmy Kahn, beat the hell out of him. We went right to that location. That was a very, very cool. There's a new show on Apple. Do me a favor. Try to find out the name of it. There's a new show on Apple TV. It's about the making of The Godfather, which looks very good. I don't think my wife is going to be down with that, but uh, I would love to see it. Gracie is calling from Rockland County. Hi, Gracie. How are you? Hi. How are you doing? Listen, the reason I called is this. I am so tired of the left getting away with everything. I think we on the right, especially like old grandmothers like me with our walkers, should protest at different places. And we should start with the three liberal Supreme Court justices. Let's see. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. I'm tired. I'm tired. And I'm tired of what's going on in this country, okay? I grew up in the 50s. I was born in 47. Things were maybe not perfect, according to people, but they were certainly better than this. Well, uh, that's a very interesting idea. Why don't we go to Elena Kagan's house and start beating a drum? Or uh, who's the other one? Sotomayor. Who's another lefty liberal lunatic? Uh, Justice uh, Stephen Breyer. Stephen Breyer. I've met him once. Actually, he's a nice guy in real life. Uh, but, you know, that would be a very interesting idea. Uh, the other thing is this. Now, you say you were born in 47. That means you were 20 in 1967. You were 23 in 1970. I mean, look, let's face it. Come on. I want you to think back. Weren't things a bit more out of hand back then? I mean, you know, we had the Kent State shooting. We had what else happened? Uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 RFK was shot and killed. Martin Luther King shot and killed within months of each other. I mean, the whole world. We had Vietnam. We had hundreds of guys dying in Vietnam every week. I mean, it was insane. I know things are pretty crummy right now, but it was worse back then. Come on, right? No. It, we lived with it. We lived with it. There were protesting. I'm not sure there wasn't, but there was still some semblance of order, and the media wasn't so against us. I can't believe what's going on with the media. What do they think? A a socialist society is going to be better? Don't they know what Goebbels did in in Germany with the Nazis? With the Nazis, yeah, they were destroyed if you didn't walk the line. Don't they realize that they're, who, who, they're going to come for them next? They're so stupid. It's interesting. The media are definitely worse now, and they were to the left then. Talk to Richard Nixon or his descendants about the media. I mean, they hated that guy. They were so unfair. But at least they had to pay attention to the truth, and they were tough on Democrats as well. This is insane. Uh, Gracie, thank you very much. You've lived a great long life. Although, quite frankly, I mean, not that long. You're in your 70s. You're younger than Joe Biden. Uh, tell me about your life up three-quarters. there. I'm, I'm, I'm three. I'm, uh, July 2nd, I'll be, I say, three-quarters of a century. But the thing is, I'm really with it. I'm not uh, Joe Biden, let me tell you. Yeah. I can walk. I could talk. 
like a saint. All right. I love it. Gracie, thank you very much. Oh, here's a quick item. Uh, the stat, the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition is out. And that used to be a big deal, you know, for kids, for guys. I mean, it's kind of primitive now, but we used to look at this magazine. It would come out. I never even understood because, well, I won't get into that. But anyway, the magazine is out. And it used to feature, you know, the world's top models in faraway locales. Now it looks like, I'm sorry, these girls look very nice, uh, perfectly nice, but it looks like they just went to Jones Beach on some random day and said, you, you, and you. They're the most ordinary people I've ever seen. And it turns out they are WNBA players. We have a Women's National Basketball Association, right? (laughs) Let's see here. Uh, The latest iteration of the special edition will feature five WNBA players, Storm Guard, Sue Bird, Free Agent, Tia Cooper. And these names mean nothing to anybody. And I'm sorry, they just look like they're just so ordinary. I mean, they're fine. They're athletic. They're healthy. And we're supposed to like this. And also, it's a bit of a trap. It's a bit of a trap for me and other guys out there to criticize it. Well, I fell for it. That's what I do. I'm sorry. I mean, I always comment on the Sports Illustrated issue. And by the way, you know where they had the the layout in the Bahamas. The bah- you can throw a rock from Miami and hit the Bahamas. The Bahamas. You got to find some exotic locale like Easter Island. You know, some place that JetBlue doesn't fly seventeen times a day. Um, they're daring us to. Co- they, they they are. They're daring us to come out and not like this. But the thing is, what I say is, you know, it's a free country. You're allowed to. You're allowed to. We're not supposed to throw out the standards that we've had for, you know, human history. And all of a sudden, ah, no, that's not beautiful anymore. This is beautiful. Now, I don't think it works. You can't reprogram me that fast. Sorry. You can reprogram a magazine. You can reprogram a, a website. But you can't reprogram the human brain that quick. You can make people afraid. Sure, that's pretty easy to do. But you can't rearrange our our feelings and our values. And that's why all this, excuse me, woke crap is going to come cumbling down in a spectacular way. And I'm looking forward to it. One more. Pardon me. Gosh, hiccups. Maria in Short Hills. Hello. Hi, Greg. Thanks for taking my call. I just want to expand on Gracie's comment, your previous uh, caller. What did she say Uh, that was so great? I've been saying stuff all all afternoon. uh, That, well... Just a brief statement. If we, meaning Trump, MAGA, pro-life supporters, oh, don't tell me you so want to go radical. to you want to go to Justice Sotomayor's house too. I don't have no, time. No, no, no. What I was going to say is, if we were so radical, like Biden calls us, why aren't we, which we would never do, throwing Molotov cocktails into Planned Parenthood offices like? the left and the pro-abortionists did, I believe it was yesterday or the day before in Wisconsin. You're that damn right. Disgrace. You it, better believe it. It, it. it is a disgrace, and there's not a peep about it. And forgive me, I was talking about it all last night. I should double down. Look, we wanted to get the guest. We wanted to get this woman who actually worked at the clinic. And guess where she went? Tucker! Yeah, she went on Tucker's show. I know, I know. I, know. I like Tucker. But I can't stand it when that happens. And we wanted to get her on. And sometimes when that happens, it, it gets our competitive juices flowing and our resentment and all that stuff. But we're all on the same side here. 
So uh, uh, that's a very interesting story. Yeah, they trashed her, I guess, pro-life facility, but that's okay. That's okay. Again, you can throw a Molotov cocktail as long as you throw it at a police van in the middle of Black Lives Matter, you know. But you know all that stuff. What were you just saying? Say what you just said again. What were they doing? What are they all doing? Say it again. They, they were throwing a Molotov cocktail. Yes, but you know what you haven't considered? January 6th. That's right. That's another <laughs> thing I was going to say. They would, they would, and you know what? If we did that, meaning Trump supporters, they would have another phony BS committee. Yeah, I know. It is a BS committee. Uh, oh, I am going to have, I think, uh, who am I going to have here? I might have Dinesh D'Souza on later in the week. He made that great movie, 2,000 Mules. Yeah, I know it's got its critics, but, uh, yeah, of course it's got its critics. You know, people who are scummy enough to screw with the election are scummy enough to make you feel bad and to try to cancel you for talking about the 2020 election. We don't like that, Maria. Hey, real quick, how is how is the mall there at Short Hills? How is it? How uh- well, it's a combination of Fifth Avenue, Worth Avenue, and Rodeo Drive. What can I tell you? Oh, I live in the land of Oz. It's fancy. It is very. It's not getting a, not taking a turn for the worse. It seems like every now and then I hear about something bad happening in the parking lot. Oh yeah, yeah. Somebody's stealing uh, somebody's Mercedes or something. I don't know. I'm a square peg in a round hole, and proud of it, uh, Greg. Okay, love it. Thank you, Maria, very, very much. Uh, square peg in a round hole. I know what that feels like. I do, actually. Felt that way a little bit in the Marine Corps. I feel that way sometimes now in life. That's okay. That's okay. Um, if you want guidance on these feelings, uh, turn to the big book. The book, the Bible, the Charles Stanley Life Principles Bible. I listened to his podcast today, which, quite frankly, is not enough. But, boy, oh, boy, it gets you uh, gets you thinking. Look for it, the Charles Stanley podcast. Uh, most important, though, this is like it's like tying your shoes and, and not going for a run. You can listen to the podcast, but you've got to get into the actual book, the Bible. It will change things, and um, it will make you think, and it will make you get closer to God. And it will, when you make a mistake, you'll know it. Uh, Charles Stanley Life Principles Bible, it's all in there. And for me, what made it great were the footnotes and the essays that explained all the mysterious stuff. And let's face it, there's a lot of mysterious stuff, uh, but it's it's meant for our protection. It's meant to maximize our joy. It's all in there. All right, one more. Uh, oh, Cynthia in Uniondale, my favorite, one of my favorite communities on Long Island. Hi, Cynthia. Hi, sweetie. How are you? Um, listen, that old lady I was called, she was right on the money. This morning I was thinking to myself, why haven't the right got up in arms. Why do we have to never, never say something about anything? It's just always the left going out protesting and making a mess of things. Well, wait. What? I, I, I mean, wait. Well, all right. What do you mean by that? I mean, are you that quiet? You're not shy. You're not backing down. You think we should be out there no. like idiots in the streets uh, in front of Sotomayor's house? I mean, really, I'm no. not going to do that. I, I think, think that's, that's wrong. That's why we don't. That's why we don't do it, because we are better people God-loving people, we love our country. We're not, we're not idiots. Plain English, they look like idiots. Well, you know what? And then when we do, and when we do, it's a great big setup, like January sixth. Oh man, oh man, oh man! I hope you watch my show all the time. There are four videos that that cannot be explained unless it was a setup. 
the little cop letting people in, the cops standing side by side, the three cops walking away just before Ashley Babbitt was shot, and yes, of course, and most importantly, the killing of Ashley Babbitt. There is no justification and no explanation. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Elon Musk just said that Donald Trump could come back on Twitter. Donald Trump back on Twitter? I think that'd be fantastic, actually. I know he's got his uh, misgivings about it, apparently, Donald Trump, but there would be no stopping him. Oh, boy. they! I, I think he should do it. I think he should do it. Now it's going to drive the left totally crazy. And not only that, it's going to drive them to try something. Try something probably illegal. Try something else. I don't know. You know what they'll do? Letitia James will indict him. That's what will happen next. Yep. Uh, it'll be a phony baloney indictment. It'll be all that stuff. But they'll try to arrest Trump. Oh, yeah, they will. Oh, boy. They will stop at nothing. If he goes on Twitter, back on Twitter, wow. Wow. I hope it happens. So Elon Musk, good for him. And, of course, they're coming after Elon Musk. Oh, he was 16 years old, and he lived in South Africa during apartheid. Right, 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 right. Hold that against a child, right? Hold that against him. He left that country, by the way, in part because of apartheid. He didn't like it there. He didn't like that system. He didn't want to serve in the South African military. That was racist and divided. He didn't like any of that stuff. And now he's here, and he's doing amazing things. We thank Elon Musk uh, very, very much. All right, so one other thing. Oh, did you hear about that guy up in Michigan who was shot and killed by police, pulled over during a traffic stop at like 8.30 in the morning, and the guy, everything you're not supposed to do, he did. He gets out of the car. Sir, get back in the car. What did I do? Sir, please get back in the car. I didn't do anything. All right, there we go. Would you please cooperate, please? Can I see some ID? Doesn't have the ID. Can you please come over here? He starts to run away. Cop grabs him. The guy uh, resists. Then the guy runs away. Then the cop chases him, and then they're rolling around on the ground. The guy grabs his stun gun, uh, the cop's stun gun. Then he's going for his real gun. Cop holds on to his real gun and shoots the guy before... He loses total control, and he himself might be at risk, total risk, as in risk of dying. I looked at it. It's a justified shooting. And the fake news, oh, boy, they want it. It's like they wanted a riot. Oh, did I mention that the uh, the driver who got pulled over who wouldn't obey the cop was black and the cop was white? Oh, those are the elements they have for a big story, right? Cut 63. Calls for justice after videos show a white police officer killing a black man in Michigan. Newly released video shows a white police officer shooting and killing an unarmed black man. The killing of the unarmed black motorist by a white police officer. 26-year-old Patrick Leoya. A black man who was shot in the head by a white police officer. A 26-year-old black man shot and killed last week by a white police officer. Patrick Leoya, a black man who was shot in the head by a white police officer. Leoya, a black man, was shot in the head by a white police officer. Everybody get that? Okay, a black man shot by a white man, a white cop, right? Okay, everybody? What? <laughs> Every time. Okay, just so you know, it's a black man, a black motorist. And a white cop. Oh, he was unarmed. Right. They don't tell you anything else, right? That's the headline. That's all they need. They want a riot. 
They want Black Lives Matter Part 2. Now, what they don't tell you is this, which I have right here. Blood alcohol level content, according to the autopsy, point two seven nine. That seems too high. Does it go that high? Point oh, yeah. It's like three times the legal limit. He's totally, totally hammered. Uh, you could have fooled me, though. He's uh, he's forming sentences. Well, kinda. Anyway, I think that's a big part of the puzzle, don't you? Now it. Is it the part? Is it the critical part? I think it's relevant. Part of the story could be drunk black man, right? Can let me see if we can play it one more time. Sixty-three, please. Sixty-three. Calls for justice after videos show a white police officer killing a black man. Drunk in- black man. Keep going. Video shows a white police officer shooting and killing an unarmed black man. Drunk the black killing man. of the unarmed black motorist drunk. by a white police officer. Twenty-six-year-old Patrick Leoya. A black man who was drunk. Black. They keep not saying drunk. Six-year-old black man drunk. Shot and killed last week by a white police officer. Drunk. Drunk. A black man who drunk. Was black man by a white police officer. White police officer wasn't drunk. Drunk. Black. Drunk. White police officer. What? No. They, you see, it would. It would. It would disrupt the narrative. Literally, it would just. It's too many words. We like things simple in the fake news, right? Simple, easy, easy to emotionalize. Yeah. Very simple. Uh, with that, Victor is in West Hempstead. Hello. Hey, Greg, I'm at Jones Beach. You're right. They're here. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit windy, but I'll do the best I can. Yeah, it's cold um, out today. No one's there, right? Biden was, on, Biden was on for 35 minutes and said nothing. Yeah, it's hard to hear him, too. Uh, what the hell are you doing at the beach on uh, Tuesday at 1.56 in the afternoon? Exercising. Yeah. Hey, I know recently you went off on Obama, but this is Obama's third term, and he's the root cause of all the problems you see right now. And he came out seven. All right, all right. You're on. It's pretty windy on that beach, huh? What are you doing? Who's there? What are you? How are you exercising? Uh, yeah, oh, all right, I gotta go. Enough. Jeez. Oh, was that hard to hear? Was he? Was he in the? Or you're in the ocean, Victor? You gotta come out of the ocean. You can't go to the beach until after Labor Day. And even that, uh, no, not Labor Day, uh, Memorial Day, which is what, in two weeks? And it's still chilly in our neighborhood, in this part of the uh, world. It's not really good until, you can only go swimming, really, for a couple of days in July, maybe. I don't care for the beach. I prefer the pool, and I want it heated, and I want it indoors, baby. All right, give me a moment. Uh, we're going to, yes, I have to get some lunch i got to tend to another matter. i got to wash my hands, and we'll be back in a bit. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Ed Koch, you shouldn't have been outed by the New York Times. Ed Koch, the late, great Ed Koch. How am I doing, Ed Koch? Yeah, him. I knew him. I liked him. Pretty good mayor. What a character, right? I mean, just listen to the guy. Cut 60, please. How am I doing? How am I doing? Thank you. How am I doing? It's kind of amazing. Think of a politician today coming up with that catchphrase. How am I doing? Enough about your problems. How am I doing? Let's talk about me. 
<laughs> it's a little much. But it worked. It worked for its time. From 1978 to 1990, Ed Koch was the mayor of this city, and he was the uh, the quintessential New Yorker. I liked him a lot. You know, he wanted to uh, see my dad as mayor someday. Um, he did. He said so publicly. Since my dad did not run, he went with Christine Quinn, but he did point out that uh, Ray is uh, my uh, first choice, uh, but uh, since he is uh, not running, I am going with uh, Christine uh, Quinn. He kind of talked like that. It was great. Um, born in the Bronx, World War II veteran, and, uh, you know, a politician. What do these start as? District leader, then a congressman, and then mayor. Ran for governor against Cuomo, lost bad. That was quite a race, huh? Um, but what's it all about here? It's about this. Um, the man's private life was his private life. He, at times, said that he was heterosexual. He used that word. I uh, I happen to be a heterosexual, but I don't like to talk about it. And uh, that was good enough for me. Quite frankly, I didn't particularly care. I had my, you know, whatever, probably he was, you know, whatever. Who cares? The New York Times did about 10,000 words on his sexual proclivities this past weekend. Why? Some April in 2020, what is it, May something, 2022. He died in 2013. Why now? Was it his birthday or something like that? No. Or or was it? I Just kind of totally random and unfair. Outing somebody like that. Outing, that's the word. Used to be a bad word. Now, um, no, you should have been, you should have been out all along. That would have inspired young people or something like that. Hey, some people like to be flamboyant. Some people like to be, you know, withdrawn. Some people don't want to talk about it, period. Who the hell is the New York Times to get involved in who Ed Koch was dating in 1972 and put it on the front page of the paper when he wanted it kept quiet? There was no, did I read it? Yes. Did I even find it interesting? Somewhat. But that's not the gauge here. Editors are supposed to have bigger thoughts than that. If you show me a picture of Barack Obama in the bathroom, I'd look at it. I might even find it interesting. But I would, like, do I need to see that? No. Would I look? Yes. That's not the threshold for why we decide to publish something or put it out there. Ed Koch didn't deserve that. Not at all. And you know what? Ed Koch. Oh, you know what? It's interesting. He did hate Trump. And Trump hated Ed Koch. Oh, Trump abused Ed Koch. Uh, he ran circles around him, actually. Wrote nasty letters to him, but, you know, released them to the newspaper. Dear Mr. Mayor, your continued incompetence astounds me. That kind of stuff. Remember the Woolman rink? And uh, Koch said, fine, you fix it. And Koch and, and Trump did in like six weeks. Amazing, amazing stuff. So you heard me talk a little bit about the Bible um, a moment ago. I'll come back to why I brought it up. But first, last night on the show, you know, Mark Esper is the former secretary of defense is out there saying, I know I shouldn't have walked across the street with Trump because he held up a Bible. Oh, oh, oh. the swamp didn't want me to do that. I'm very sorry, swamp. I really shouldn't have done that. Let's see here. Uh, oh, first, though. Yeah, no, let's get to the let's get to the church part. Cut 58, please. Mark Esper on uh, on what happened that day in June of 2020. The president greets us and I say, where are we going? And he he just ignores it and starts walking out the door. 
and crossing uh, across the, the lawn, heading out the gate. And as we round that corner, the press is all over, and, uh, all over the place, filming, uh, taking pictures. And it, it just dawned on me at that point in time that we've been duped. Duped how? Uh, it, it, this, is a this is now a political stunt, right? And, and we, we, I, allowed myself to be put in that position. And it only gets worse, right? How does it get worse? Well, we end up in Lafayette Park, uh, up near the church. And that's where the president steps out of the crowd, if you will, goes up, picks up the Bible, and holds it up for everybody to see. And uh, I eventually get directed to come up and join him. Um, and uh, I made that mistake to, to kind of be there in the first place and to join him. Yeah, that's one hell of a mistake, to be seen with the leader of the country in front of a church with the Bible. I mean, wow, why weren't you there the night before with the looters and the rioters and the haters and the people who hate the church who are trying to burn it down? That's all perfectly acceptable. What kind of society are we living in? We're appearing with a Bible in front of a church is somehow seen as ugly behavior. And it's not just this Mark Esper nobody. It's the fake news en masse. En masse. Uh, cut 51, please. Listen how horrified they were. Horrified that Donald Trump should hold a Bible in front of a church. Cut 51. It looked like he was using the church as a step and repeat, like he was on a red carpet and holding the Bible like he was holding a designer purse. The president of the United States looking like a wannabe dictator right. uh, so he could walk over, over to a church and right. pretend to be concerned about the church. They see a president adrift, a president striding across Lafayette Park, Lafayette Square, uh, to have this photo opportunity holding a Bible in the air. Donald Trump started a riot in the president's park in Lafayette Park so he could have a photo op and awkwardly, weirdly, bizarrely hold a Bible like nobody has ever held a Bible before. All right. That's um, who was that? Who was that? Joe Scarborough. He doesn't want to see the Bible, period. Right. I mean, he's sitting next to Mika every day. You know, he doesn't want to talk about that stuff. Doesn't want to think about that stuff. Sometimes none of us want to think about that stuff, but we have to, by the way. So um, you see how outraged they are. A president, a church, and a Bible. A president, a church, and a Bible. There's nothing wrong with that. What's wrong with that is to say there's something wrong with it. Right? A president, a church, and a Bible. Now, going back to our swamp creature, um, Mark Esper, who, remember, works for the swamp, Lobbying firms, Capitol Hill, think tanks. This He's a swamp guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, he was in the military, but they called him a by-the-book officer. By the book. Well, this is by the swamp playbook. You work for us, baby. So what does he do? He rebukes Trump. This is mutiny. This was the coup. Cut 59. Esper says he sent out a message to employees of the Department of Defense reminding them they must remain apolitical and protect freedom of speech. Then he decided that wasn't enough. The republic felt wobbly, and that's what prompted me to decide to, to go before the podium at the Pentagon on June 3rd and say what I said. The option to use active duty forces in a law enforcement role should only be used as a matter of last resort and only in the most urgent and dire of situations. We are not in one of those situations now. 
I do not support invoking the Insurrection Act. Right after that, Esper was summoned to the White House. He says he was sure Donald Trump would fire him. Why did you think he would fire you? Because I publicly rebuked him. Yeah, you would think you publicly rebuked him. So you didn't think it was an insurrection. America was on fire. And you didn't think that was an insurrection. But what do you and all your fake news friends say? January 6th was an insurrection, right? January 6th. There were no fires, right? There were no weapons. There were there was a guy in the horns, in the horns hat. There was the guy howling at the moon. There were a couple of jokers. And then there were corrupt. I don't know what the hell it was. I still haven't figured it out. Nancy Pelosi, maybe a corrupt Capitol Hill police chief. I don't know what. But I do know I saw corrupt acts that day. I saw Capitol Hill police allow people inside the Capitol. Let them in. I saw three Capitol Hill cops walk off their post before Ashley Babbitt was shot and killed. And I saw Lieutenant Michael Dum Dum Bird shoot his weapon at, at right at Ashley Babbitt, right hitting her in the neck. Yet uh, the insurrection, the insurrection was that, and not the near collapse of America. That doesn't add up. Mark Esper, you are a traitor. You are an out-and-out traitor. Now, no one's going to remember you. And, oh, by the way, I don't think corporate America is going to be very impressed. You're a little wobbly yourself there, fella. They say he was in the Army for nine years. Really? I was in the Marine Corps for nine years. I could handle this. You write about it in a book and tell Nora freaking O'Donnell about it two years later? What kind of man are you? You want to you want to hear how traumatized he was? Oh, boy, here it comes. He couldn't believe it. Democracy was hanging in the balance because Donald Trump said the F word. Hang in there, everybody. This is very, very sensitive stuff. Cut 57. The president is ranting at at the room. Uh, he's using a lot of, you know, uh, foul language. You know, you, you you all are effing losers. Right. And then he says it to the vice president, Mike Pence. He's using the same language, and he's looking at Pence. He called Mike Pence an effing loser? He didn't, he didn't call him directly, but he was looking at him when he was saying it. And it really caught my attention. Wow. It really caught the F word. Oh, my goodness gracious. Now, no offense to, I think I've heard the word 76 times today. All right, I wish I didn't. I don't think I uttered it. Maybe I did. I mean... Oh, wow. He hurt. Oh, he could not believe it. And by the way, he could not have been more correct. Effing losers. That's you. You and your friend Millie. Losers and traitors. Traitors and losers. Give me a second. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. NYC. Greg 
Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, hello. Hello, hello, hello. All right, to be honest, uh, look, I told you about the Bible and we talked about how uh, they made a big deal about Donald Trump showing up at the Bible and they hated that and this, that, and the other thing. And then uh, earlier I told you about the Charles Stanley Life Principles Bible and it is uh, it is an amazing experience and I urge you to do it. And uh, I will also have to say this, that for a while there, reading it was like brushing my teeth. It was almost automatic. Um, and then it wasn't, up until it wasn't. And I would say a good solid two weeks ago, Ah, I'll get to that later. Ah, got something else to do. Ah, I'm good. Ah, I know all that stuff. Ah. And you can feel it. I can feel it. I can feel it. I can feel it in other areas of my life. I can feel an anxiousness. I can feel a um, uh, something is always better right around the corner kind of feeling. I don't know. There's just a... a a lack of contentment, and I don't like that feeling. And I like the feeling it gives me, and I like the relationship, and I like what it shows me when I sit down and I read it, when I read it, when I meditate. You know, I got all this stupid time, stupid time for Instagram, stupid time for Twitter, and all of us, all so many of us. I mean, not all of us. I mean, some, maybe some people do it all the time. I, there are people out there who are a lot closer to God than I am. I want to be as close as possible, but what am I trying to say here? I like to read the Bible, but I haven't been in the past couple of weeks, and quite frankly, I've been feeling it. I've been slipping. I've been feeling it, and it's like, hey, it's um, uh, there's something a little bit off about me. There's something, there's more anxiety. There's more, uh, you, you eat compulsively even. You do things compulsively. So uh, i got to get back to that. It's not, you know, I talk about it. And I, I'm sincere and I'm honest. And I've always told you what it gave me. And often it was right that morning. But over the past couple of weeks, I've just been in a bit of a rush and just kind of uh, me, 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 me. I heard somebody else, you know, think about the prayers we say. Usually it's for the three most important people, me, myself, and I. Uh, but there's a, there is a way to pray. I don't, look, I am no expert. All right? So... Uh, the Charles Stanley Life Principles Bible, rejoin me again. I have it in my iPad, I have it in my phone, and I also have a hard copy. And lately, I uh, well, I told you about the last two weeks, but before that it was uh, it was um, uh, the iPad, the iPad. All right, Tessie is in the Bronx. She's been on hold for a long time. What's up, Tessie? Hi, Greg. It's great talking to you. Anyway, uh, a few things, but I know I don't have that much time. Eh, don't worry so about it. you got plenty. <laughs> I did work for the police department as a civilian member. And? and I have two certificates that are signed by your dad. One oh. is the 20-year service, and the other one is my retirement certificate. Oh. And also, I, I really think that's super, and it's really cool. And also, I also stopped drinking a long time ago, 33 years. Um, and the police department, they do a lot of good. They got me on the road to recovery. Uh, the supervisors were excellent, and um, I owe them a lot besides a job, you know. Oh, that's um, beautiful. It's like a big – in some yeah. ways, it's a big family. You know, I was thinking about that today. 
there are so many mechanisms and so many programs mm-hmm. and so many. It's a very big organization. Yeah. People don't know the good that they do, and I'm just so sorry that things have, you know, uh, turned so badly. But um, I remember back in the day things were bad, too, but they didn't have the d- disrespect for the police that they do now. Right. Tessie, you know? what would you do for the police? Uh, what would you do? What was your job? Uh, I worked in roll call administration. Uh, my first assignment was the uh, Civilian Review, uh, Complaint Review Bureau. And um, then I just um, worked really in administration timekeeping and also in um, doing the roll calls and court notifications and a whole bunch of other stuff. Well, as you know, my dad had a lot of respect for you guys. You know, you would talk about the 30, I guess at the time it was 35,000 uniformed officers, but he would always point out the 15,000 at the time um, civilian personnel. And I was just kind of in awe of that. I, you know, as a kid, as an outsider, I thought, okay, the, the police department, it's full of cops, but no, 15,000 professionals who did other uh, jobs, administration, and other things, and it's very impressive. Hey, can I just ask you this? So you stopped drinking. Um, yeah. And uh, how old were you when you stopped drinking? 43. Really? And what happened? What yeah. happened? What happened? Um, I guess part of what happened was that the job just couldn't deal with it anymore, and and it was time for me, you know? It was just time. I was what they say tired of being sick and tired mm. that's type of thing i love it but uh i was mm-hmm. about 47 myself when i said you know what i think i'm tired of being sick and tired i really was wow. and uh yeah so, so uh keep it up keep it up God has blessed you with a beautiful family i saw the pictures online and oh my god this i said god continues to bless you with these beautiful babies oh my god so and also before i go i have to put a word in for the charles stanley bible i've been reading it for several years and you are so right just jump right back into it and even if it's a verse a day you know don't let go okay thank you thank you tessie (laughs) thank you for calling okay thank you so much wow what a beautiful moment. What a beautiful call. I can't wait. My dad is in Italy right now. He's been listening to the show. I hope he heard that. Um, very nice indeed. He had such, he was very proud of them and he worked very hard, not just for the cops, but for the civilian employees and, and in the department. There are all kinds of people. I mean, they're from, from lawyers to janitors, you name it. In fact, the custodial crew, as one of the times I, he was deeply moved, he probably wouldn't like me talking about this, but. It was his second to last day as police commissioner. And I was with him in the office and he was kind of cleaning things out. And um, in the car on the way home, there was this big box and he opened it and it was a beautiful leather bag. And with a beautiful note from uh, the manager of the custodians who worked at one PP. And it was one of the most, uh, I think it's one of the most cherished items he has. And I was moved. I know he was moved. But he always shows appreciation to everybody. As I will tell you this, he's also a little bit like Trump. I've never seen him treat people differently based on their station in life. You know what I mean? It's just you got a question for Ray Kelly, police commissioner or not a police commissioner. You could be, you know, some guy uh, performing a rap on the subway, or you could be Senator uh, Chuck Schumer. He's the same guy when he talks to you. It's 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 pretty something. Um, 
Now, me, he can have choice words for <laughs> that he won't have for that rapper or it's Editor Schumer, but... Hey, you want that from a parent. they got to set you straight every now and then. All right, uh, there's the music, and I think it's lunchtime. I'll be back. Traffic jams, tailgating, pile-ups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. For whatever reason, it didn't really capture my attention, maybe because it was in Alabama and I just wasn't that interested. Even though I've been to Alabama many times, I uh, I just I couldn't get into it. Remember the um, the guy who escaped, the two guys who escaped from that prison upstate and they had help from that woman? Um, same situation happened in, uh, in, in Alabama, but for whatever reason, I just couldn't get into this story. So... Uh, do you know what I mean? It just, it, and the whole country really wasn't talking about it. It just kind of was there. Not a huge deal. Whereas the whole country was talking about, I even remember the name. What was his name? Matthew Sweat was one of them. Sweat. And who was the other guy? Well, I guess I don't remember all the names, but there were two guys. One was older. One was younger, uh, convicted murderers. And they ran out of the uh, jail in upstate New York. I think it was the Clinton Correctional Facility. And they were on the run for about I don't know, three weeks, and they had help from the woman, the guard. She actually went to jail for that. But these two, not so much. I don't know what it is. Now, she shot herself as the cops were closing in. Her name was White. His name was White. He's back in jail. As I, as I was once told by a prison warden, inmates, they're very good at planning the escape. They're absolutely terrible at planning what comes next. They never have a plan for what comes next. Oh, wow. Mario Batali found not guilty in sex assault trial. Mario Batali found not guilty in sex assault trial. Now, he's the famous chef, right? He's the great chef. All kinds of uh, TV shows, this, that, and the other thing. Mario Batali, not guilty. He was accused of sexual assault. Now, I know he was Me Too'd. Apparently, at those restaurants, uh, you know, all kinds of things were going on. And, um, you know, just because you're the boss doesn't mean you can do whatever you want, certainly with female staff, and there are all kinds of issues there. And by the way, I will say this, not just because he was found not guilty doesn't mean, no, listen to me here, doesn't mean that he should not have been Me Too'd. The Me Too stuff, I mean, people get Me Too'd for things that aren't crimes. I mean, it's not a crime to sexually harass somebody or is it is it an actual crime i mean you can be the office jerk and hit on everybody that's not a crime but it could get you fired right it's not going to get you arrested but it could get you kicked out could get you suspended could get you fired so i feel like um you know mary batali from what i heard there was a lot of stuff going on and uh so he's not guilty of sexual i don't know the specifics of the allegations and i do know that false allegations can happen so um, anyway, well, 
That happened. The other thing, speaking of this kind of stuff, ooh, did you hear about this? How an NYPD cop tailed his suspicious wife to an upstate hotel before killing her dog walker lover and himself. Yikes. An NYPD cop trailed his wife and her young lover to an upstate hotel, then fatally shot the man before killing himself in a love triangle that turned deadly. Police sources told the Post. Enraged, jealous cop Sean Armstead, 36 years old, was supposed to be working a midnight shift in the Bronx, but called in sick to hunt down his wife, Alexandra Vanderheiden, 35 years old, and her ooh, 20-year-old dog-walking beau, beau. It's not a little much, beau. Beau, B-A-U-O, wait, beau, B-E-A-U, beau. Edward Wilkins, 20 years old. She's 35 on Sunday. Uh... I gotta be honest, that would drive me a little nuts too, especially the age difference, but I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't shoot the guy, but, uh, the bloody saga unfolded after the illicit lovebirds drove separately toward their meeting spot. Oh, how's this for romance? A La Quinta Inn in Wallkill around 345 on Sunday. Uh, Vander, this is very depressing, but pretty juicy too. I, no, I mean, these guys died. This guy, uh, it's terrible. Vander Hyden, who employed Wilkins in her dog walking business, Gosh, I never heard of a dog walker employing other dog walkers, but I guess that happens. Decided to ditch her car down the road before reaching the hotel, and her lover picked her up because she was wary that her hubby might be on to them and wanted to throw him off if he came looking for her. The pair stayed at the hotel for several hours. Oh, boy. I hate to think about that, and I'm sure he did, too, before heading out to a local Golden Corral restaurant. Wow, talk about wining and dining. The Golden Corral? Have you ever been to one of those places? No, I mean, I have. I like it fine, but it's not exactly uh, Romance Central. My goodness. Oh, not only that. Oh, God. After the Golden Corral, guess where they go? Dave and Buster's. Dave and Buster's. Isn't that where they have mini pool and the, 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 the mini basketball game? Shortly after 1045, the couple left the entertainment site and headed back to their hotel, I guess, to resume, figuring it was safe. By then, for Vander Heiden to retrieve the car, given her cop husband had soon to be at work. Poor guy, he's working midnight to eight. And she's off with this dude, although he's about to get his. I'm sorry that happened, but Wilkins dropped her off at the vehicle, and they began to drive separately back to the hotel to rendezvous again. Ay, ay, ay. But Armstead was on their tail. At, oh. They called him cuckolded. Cuck, cuck. Cuckolded. I don't think that's nice. The hubby chased down Wilkins as both drove on New York 211, crashing his vehicle into his love rival's car. Love rival. Now, they're really the New York Post knows how to write sometimes and spinning it around on the state highway. Witnesses and sources said both cars eventually came to arrest facing east in the roadways westbound lanes. You got all that? I don't think we need to know all that, but whatever. Wilkins jumped out of his car and ran for his life. He got as far as the parking lot of a nearby Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> I don't I don't know why the details of these establishments kind of amuse me. The La Quinta, the Golden Corral, and now they're at the Buffalo Wild Wings, where he was shot in the back of the head in a volley of 16 bullets fired by Armstead. The veteran... <coughs> so sorry. The veteran cop then turned the gun on himself. This is terrible. <coughs> Yikes. Sorry about that. 
Um, it is, it's just very sad. And there it is in the New York Post. This is what my mother used to tell me. You don't want to wake up to stuff like this. And at, at least I'm not on in the morning. I used to put 1010 wins on when I was like in 11, uh, 11 years old. In the Bronx today, a woman was found with her head slapped. I mean, just really brutal stuff. And she used to run into the house, run into my room, and turn off the radio. And uh, I'm sorry, that's a very sad story, and it doesn't really go anywhere. I mean, what's the point? What's the takeaway? Watch out for lust, right? Dangerous? I don't know. What is the takeaway? Uh, what do we do with that? Uh, do we thank God? It's not us. I mean, I, I don't know. Um, there's a lesson learned. Boy, every day in the post, they've got something really, really bad. Really. Uh, but look, let's face it. Part of us, we like to read about stuff that's going on. Hey, real quick. They've got this new White House press secretary. Her name is Corrine Jean-Pierre. And um, the most important things you need to know about him, her, according to her, she's black and she's lesbian and she's an immigrant. And uh, she thinks everything's racist. Cut 35. Cut 35, please. Was racist before coronavirus. They are racist during the coronavirus. Fox News will be racist after the coronavirus. So there is nothing new here. I think the difference is, is they have been, they are all in on being state TV for Donald Trump. And so they will continue to give them mis- misinformation. Um, Donald Trump is not racist. He is the least racist person ever. Wow, she just sounds like some nut job. Not even, not even from MSNBC. Like, what's what's worse than MSNBC? What's that Chank Uyghur show, The Young Turks, or something like that? That's even for now. She is the White House press secretary. She's not very good. The big thing about her, by the way, is that she is uh, well, again, black and lesbian. She says that all the time. It's a big part of her story. The fake news loves that about her. I could care less. Hey, Dinesh D'Souza, he's got the 2000 Mule movie. I think you should see it. Go to 2000mules.com. And uh, here he is talking about it. This is, uh, I think, from the movie. Cut 36, please. It was stolen, and I think we can prove it. I think that's really what makes this movie different. We can not only prove it in the sense of logically or using technological evidence, we can show you the stealing of the election. We can in some way take you right back to the days leading up to the election, early voting. We can show you the criminals stuffing ballots, fraudulent and illegal ballots, into ballot drop boxes. There's four million minutes of video evidence assembled by an election intelligence group called True the Vote. So for people who are skeptical about all this, because, you know, we've all heard a lot about election fraud, my view is forget everything that you know or think you know about election fraud. Come into this with an, an open mind. We're looking at the subject in a completely fresh way, but the actual election result was quite different from what it was. All right. I check it out. Now, look. No movie is perfect, and neither is 2,000 Mules. There are some issues I have with it. Not so much in their conclusions, but just, uh, you know, they spend too much time talking. There's a lot of talking, and they they save the really good uh, stuff until the end, I think a little bit too late. I know you got to have a plot, a beginning, middle, end, and end, but that's nitpicking. Uh, Dinesh D'Souza deserves a hell of a lot of credit for putting this film together, and I look forward to uh, you watching it and getting back to me about it. Let me know what you think. My wife saw it. She was uh, blown away by it. She thought it was really, really compelling stuff. So um, we highly recommend it. Also, I think, uh, actually, do me a favor. Give me a real quick. This is Christine in Middletown. Hi, Christine. 
Hi, good afternoon, Mr. Kelly. How are you? Good. I had a question. Um, I, I did watch 2,000 Mules. I thought that was good. But you were talking about The Godfather earlier, and I had a question maybe you might be able to help me with. Go ahead. The bridge and the scene before they went to the restaurant with Michael's in the car with Soletzo and the police and that police uh, captain. Yeah. They were on the bridge, and they do that sudden U-turn. Right. What bridge was that? All right. So there's some um, differences of opinion on this. Um, now, it says they're going to New Jersey. It's definitely not the George Washington Bridge. I know that. You know that. You've seen it. There's no way that's the George Washington Bridge. Now, in the movie, I mean, they're pretending it's the George Washington Bridge. Um, now, I've heard others say it's the Queensboro Bridge, but I don't think that's right either. I believe, and I used to know the specific bridge. You know, there are like 20 bridges that go over the Harlem River. I think it's one of those bridges. Um, but, you know, in the movie, according to the plot, it would be the George Washington Bridge, because as you know, Michael says, we're going to Jersey. Hey, and Christine, what does Salazzo say? And, uh, and he just, uh, maybe. Very good. Turn no, 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 no. He says, maybe. Are we going to Jersey? He says, maybe. And the guy takes the turn, and then he compliments him for making the turn. Nice work there. Uh, nice work, Rocco, or somebody like that. So, Christine, yeah, I'm sorry. I guess I could Google it right now, but uh, it's, it's not the Queensboro Bridge. It's not the George Washington Bridge. I am 99.9% sure it is a bridge across the Harlem River, but you're going to have to look the rest of it up, okay? Okay. All right. And I recommend everyone to watch 2,000 Mules, too. Oh, good stuff. Thank you, Christine. And, uh, hey, one more. Jackie in Connecticut. Hi, Jackie. How are you? All right. What's the uh, latest? All the conversations, so I'll make it quick. Uh, I'm talking about the new models that we have in all these catalogs, and I actually was a little bit taken aback when I got my land end. So I did call them and tell them that, you know, it's not that we don't know they're all different people, but how about regular people? Well, I'm sorry. What was in your Land's End catalog that got you uh, to make the call? Oh, all kinds of boy, not like model types like I'm used to, you know, and I don't think it's very inspiring. Um, you know, I just didn't appreciate it that much. What was their reaction when you called them up? Well, you know, the old inclusive you know, we're including everyone, and which is fine, but, you know, you can have your own magazines. All right, Sometimes so I'm going to the Land's End website. Let me see. Let me see what's Land's Land End has been very New England and all that kind of stuff, right? Pretty much? Yeah. All right, now let's see. Well, uh, just going through the t – well, yes, they have gotten rid of every white man. There's definitely, there's definitely no yeah, – there's no white people on the site. There's that. There's uh what? I just found a white woman and uh no, 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 no. Uh I don't see they all look modelish to me. Um I mean they're perfectly attractive and that kind of thing, but um uh, uh there's definitely a dearth of the the white male. And uh yeah, pages upon pages, uh no, none. Asian, I see Asian, I see Hispanic. There's nothing well, I mean, look, it's so over the top. It's so over the top. It was an over create a correction. You know what I mean? Hey, good luck being a white model or a white uh, actor these days. You are screwed. Um, they, they, there's very little interest in, in in you. And you know who pointed this out? Uh, none other than Joe Biden. Did Joe Biden notice this? When he's watching the programs, he can't believe it. All the black people that are on TV, he's talked about this. 
I want everybody to have a job. I do. I do. Black actors, white actors. But this has been, it's kind of interesting. It's a little bit what they say in advertising on the nose. Hey, what do you want to buy at Land's End? I don't buy from that place anymore. What do you want? Sort of like disposable things for doing yard work, you know, T-shirts and stuff. So uh, nothing really important, you y- know. Yeah. Yeah, Lands yeah. Lands End. Lands End has preppy stuff too, though, right? You don't get your disposable T-shirt work around the house stuff there, do you? Well, you know, you can get some good deals. They have those, um, you know, they have pretty nice parkas for you know just bombing around. All right, you know, all right. Uh, uh, well, I'm, I'm I'm impressed. You go to Lands End for your uh, bumming around clothes. That's pretty. That's well, pretty good. I'm against certain things, you know, as far as shopping. Like, I don't like to really shop at. Um, some places like what Walmart and stuff. I'm a more Marshalls person, but for some things, I just rather go to like Land's End or you know whatever catalog that comes through and just. All right, thank you very much, Jackie. This stopped being interesting ten seconds ago. I should have stopped you. My mistake. No, I'm only kidding. All right, Jackie. Actually, they're on my case. I got to take a quick break. I'll be back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, I thought Jen Psaki quit already. Why is she still briefing? The redhead from the White House. Turn it up for a second. Oh, we're still working on it. I thought they they gave it to the uh, the black lesbian girl. I mean, what's the problem? Why don't they let her? Is this discrimination? She should have had the job by now. Why? Well, I don't get the holdup. Um, they had the big going away ceremony. They gave her a cake. They gave her a card. And Jen Psaki is still sitting there, and she has her uh, big job lined up at MSNBC. Total conflict of interest. All right, take it up. Um, it does not seem to be the case. Senator Scott said that today. Mitch McConnell had said that the party is not behind this. Are there any Republicans that you can think of or the president might be referencing that is currently behind this? Do you count the chairman of the Republican committee as an important Republican? He is the chairman of a committee, but if no other Republican... She is, it's actually a she, the chairman of the Republican Party. So Chairman Ronna Ronna McDaniel praised uh, Senator Scott's proposal as a, quote, clear plan for Republicans that offers, quote, real solutions. She's the chairwoman of the party. Rick Scott is not a random senator. He is literally in charge of winning back the Senate for Republicans and what the plan is. So he is the person who's put forward this plan. Senator Ron Johnson has called the congressional GOP plan a, quote, positive thing. Senator Mike Braun has said he was, quote, glad Rick did it. Senator Tommy Tuberville said he was, quote, on board with the congressional GOP plan. Congressman Matt Gates said he was, quote, proud of Senator Rick Scott for providing this bold agenda. So not only that, which seems to be quite a range of Republicans. But All right, I'm bored. This is nitpicking uh, the Republican plan. Wow, the Republican plan. Joe Biden can't form a sentence. Joe Biden doesn't know the difference between Wisconsin and Florida, literally. He doesn't know who Senator Rick Scott is, the guy he was criticizing for 20 minutes today. Uh, but, yes, we can quibble about, uh, oh, was it a he or a she who's the head of such and such committee? I don't know if she was talking about the Republican National Committee, and that is Ronna McDaniel. I think the reporter was referring to something else, but whatever. Who cares? All right. I do have to go across the street, get ready for the um, Newsmax show tonight at 7. All kinds of stuff. Uh, it should be a good show. Um, it'll be a great show. In the Marianne, you've been on hold for a long time. What's up? Okay, Greg, yeah. um, I wanted to make a comment about Trump with the Bible, mm. and I also have a, 
an observation with uh, Ashley Babbitt. Uh, Trump with the Bible, the reason he went over there was that he wanted to show them and hold the Bible up to let them know that they are not going to burn down the churches. And as far as Ashley Babbitt goes, when she was at the window, I, and I, what I do is I hit the pause button, and then I, and then I slow walk it back and forth, and so I can watch the body language and the faces and the eye and the eye, the look in the eyes and all. And I saw the congressman come out of the hallway while she was at the window, and proceeding through, I imagine. And he came out of the hallway and he walked down towards where Ashley Babbitt was crossed the hallway, and went into another room. And, and at that time, you could see Michael Byrd with the gun aimed at her. And then he stepped back and took a look and watched him shoot her. I was wondering if we could get a close-up of him. He had a black uh, mask on his face. You know, I'll take a look at that. I know you've called You've mentioned that before. I haven't looked. I, I, I'm only looking at his at him, I remember I was fixated on on him. Remember before they identified him, I'm looking at his bracelets, I'm looking at his cufflinks. And believe it or not, his cufflinks kind of like gave me an idea that, you know, a rank-and-file cop wearing cufflinks on the job, it was a little bit much. I had a feeling he might be a head case. Turns out he is a head case. He's a dummy. Uh, what What is the significance of that guy back there? What do you think it might be? I, I just, I think they were all... They knew it was a setup, and that's why, I mean, how can he walk so casually down the hallway like nothing's going on? Well, anybody, if any, I don't care if it's a setup or not. If someone's about to get shot, they're not going to be casual about it. I don't know. You're right. I want to look at it. Uh, I also do believe this. I am more open than ever before to the idea that this was deliberate, that this was preplanned, that... If Ashley Babbitt, if anybody had been killed in this, it would have been impossible, and it was, it turned out to be impossible, to go on with hearing the objections to the electoral count. And that's what I wanted. That's probably what you wanted. And that's why I believe they let these people in. These people were not let into. They they wanted, the Democrats wanted them to stop what Republicans had successfully started, a debate over the electoral count. Listen, Marianne, I appreciate it. I will look at it. I promise you uh, it's good stuff. Oh, is it time? It's time. All right. Sorry, Pamela. Sorry, the rest. I got to go. Check out the Newsmax show. We're doing some very interesting things that we're proud of, and we thank you for your support. I'll see you tonight at 7 o'clock East Coast. Bye-bye. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences 
leaders in the industry. Call now or go to prioritygold.com. 